set our work aside. We leave our cares behind on this day of Sabbath rest. On this your holy day, we've come to give. God's mercies are new every morning. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. For he is the one that forgives all of our iniquities. He's the one that heals all of our diseases. He's the one that, that delivers us from destruction. He's the one that crowneth us with good things. He's the one that satisfies our mouth with good things. God has not rewarded us according to our sins or our iniquities, but as high as the heavens are above the earth, so far hath the Lord delivered us, amen, from our sins. Who says amen this morning? So when we think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he continues to do for us, we should come to the church saying, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, praise God this morning. It wasn't because of your alarm clock that you woke up this morning. If you don't believe me, take your alarm clock and take it out to the grave site. It's God that worketh in us, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God this morning. We're just so happy to see you in the place. The, our pastor, Joseph, uh, I was going to say Joseph Price, 
Minister Joseph Rice, for Jonathan B. Fields Jr., amen, and his wife, our lovely first lady, Melody Fields. We want to just say a happy Sabbath and a welcome to all of you this morning, those that are visiting with us online. We want to extend a special welcome to you as well. This is the church with the open door where everybody is somebody, and worship is truly a joy this morning. And I see uh, uh, bro our brother Joseph Smith visiting with us from Northside. Amen. Hey, praise the Lord this morning. And I see we have uh, our returning guest this morning. What's your names? Amen. Brother and Sister Welch, welcome this morning. So happy to have you. We just want to just uh, continue to pray for our families that are experiencing uh, uh, loss. We just, uh, yesterday, we had uh, Sister Cynthia Robinson's uh, father was put to rest on yesterday, and Sister Janice Gray, who lost her brother on yesterday. We want to continue to lift up uh, Christina and the Johnson family, as yeah, she's lost her brother. We want to continue to lift up Beverly and uh, Andre, who lost a best friend of his. We have so much death that's all around us. Sometimes I get scared to even uh, look on Facebook because somebody else has passed away. And folks, we realize Satan is not playing with us. He is turning up his attacks. And the Bible describes it as a shaking time. Anything that can be shaken, folks, will be shaken. So this is not time to be going through the motions of church. This is the time to lock in and be serious about your relationship with the Lord. You can't form a relationship just every week or so. You have to connect every day. The Bible says we have to pray without ceasing. You can't afford to leave your home without being covered under prayer. Amen. I thank God just on Wednesday, my wife and I had gotten so busy and doing things and and we left our garage door open all night with the lights on saying come on in here and steal the blowers steal the buffers steal all the goods and everything but i thank god because i know that i have people in my neighborhood that check the doors check your car doors every night we got the night watch people the night watchmen to see if you leave anything open. But I thank God that he dispatched his angels standing right in the front of the door to make sure nobody, you're not coming in this house. So I thank God if our eyes can be open just to see the blessings of God from day to day, from week to week, just on the way to church. We're driving down, uh, what's that, uh, Lusher. We're driving down and somebody's coming towards us going the wrong way. And I just thank God for his for his traveling mercies, even to church. God is so good. Now, we want to encourage our, our parents uh, and those who may not even be here that we do have a children's Sabbath school led out by Sister Christina Wellington. Amen. And we want to encourage you because they're trying to get this thing off, but we have to invest time in our children to make sure that they get here at 9.30 or 9.45. Amen. Because if you train up the children in the way they should go, the Bible says when they're old, they won't depart from it. So this is the crucial time that we have to discipline, we have to train our children in the way of the Lord. 
And on Wednesday night, oh, we had a beautiful time, right? We had our last day events uh, Bible study. The launch off was this past Wednesday, and it was on Zoom. And we do have a call-in number for those who may get a little confused with Zoom. But every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we want you to tune in. Amen? And this is not just for you, but you want to, Bible says, let's not get many starless crowns. So we want to be an electronic evangelist. Amen. We want to tell somebody, share the good news of salvation. Amen. So it's a time of interaction. You study your lesson this next uh, week. We're going to be in chapter 2, Signs of Christ soon coming. Amen. Anybody believe the Lord is coming soon? Amen. Soon and very soon, he's coming. So we have to get our house in order. So we want to study uh, to show ourselves approved. every Sabbath afternoon at 2.30, there's a discipleship training class. Amen. And led out by Elder Carol and Sister Lewis. And I think this week they're, they're, they're uh, studying out of the testimonies. Amen. In his steps. Oh, next week. Okay, praise the Lord. But 2.30, and if you, if you need the link, uh, ask the Elder Wellington, Sister Carol, Sister Lewis, and they'll provide that for you. Now, next Sabbath, we're having our special Black History. All this month, we're doing our Black History emphasis. Amen? And next Sabbath, we have Dr. Ross uh, coming from California. And it's going to be an all-day event. Amen? You want to be here early. And we're going, is it Friday night as well? Friday night at 7 o'clock, starting at Friday night. Amen. So we're going to go Friday night, Sabbath morning, Sabbath at the 11 o'clock hour, and then the afternoon service. So just plan to camp here. We can't let you go home. So we are, are, are going to be providing a meal next Sabbath. Amen. Because we know if we let you go home, you're not coming back. And Sister... Sister Harris, my wife, is going to be coordinating the meal for next Sabbath. Amen. So when you see her name on the caller ID, don't ignore it. Amen. Amen. Little, uh, 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 many hands make light work. Amen. And I'm happy to announce that next Sabbath our kitchen will be open for service. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Some of you saw that big commercial refrigerator down there. I want to thank the brethren. But getting it down in there wasn't easy. But the angels was in there helping us. We made it in about a little, uh, about a quarter inch. We made it, amen. But that was as good as a mile. So next week, it will be in full service and ready for active duty. Praise the Lord. At this time, we'll continue in our worship service. Hallelujah, you are worthy, you are worthy. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Get the highest praise. Hallelujah. You are holy. You are holy. Lord, we exalt your name. That's all it is. Just do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Get the highest praise. Hallelujah. You are holy. Lord, we exalt your name. For you have done great things. Done great things. Done great things. We are glad. Yes, we are glad. And we are glad. Yes, we are glad. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy. Hallelujah. You get the highest praise. Hallelujah. You are holy. Lord, we exalt your name. For you have done great things. Done great things. For you
truly we are glad. Yes. We give the Lord all praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, and it's a blessing just to know that he keeps us. He takes care of us. He makes sure that what we need is given because he's that kind of God. And so we have this awesome opportunity, not just today, but every day of your life to come to him, to communicate with him through prayer. He said we should be in constant prayer. But this is a specific, special time of prayer where you have the opportunity to come before the throne of God and to express to your Lord and say just how much you love him and appreciate him. And even to petition to ask for his covering hand to be upon you. And so I invite you to come down with me right now. Those who desire to do so. And for those who desire to stay in their seats, I ask you to reverently bow your heads as we pray. I want you to remember that he is a God. Though he sits high, he does touch low. He's a God who's there, always will be, because he loves you just that much. Because I know that God, he knows all. He's that kind of God. And so he already knows what's in your heart and what's on your mind. Let us pray. There's no greater time than the present time. And so, Lord, we come right now on this given special day that you have given unto us upon your name and to share with you Lord the blessings that you have already illustrated and given unto us and so Lord we thank you as children of the living God sons and daughters being assured and receiving the blessings that have fallen fresh from heaven Lord we thank you because it wasn't by happenstance we found ourselves making it through the week Lord some of us went through some trials and tribulations. Some of us had a hard time this week. Some of us, oh, Father God, didn't feel like getting up. But it's because of who you are and your love and mercy for us. Because you called us, we were able to allow ourselves to be gotten up. And so we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of having a home to lay our heads in. Lord, we don't just realize how good you are. Because even in the midst of a fire, though we may have seemed to have lost, you were just planting the seed for a better and greater outcome. And so, Lord, even right now, we lift up Pastor Chester, Elder Chester, that, Lord, you would bless and continue to move in his and his family's life. That, Lord, you would rebuild their home, Lord, and make it a place of heaven on earth. Continue to move in his heart, Lord, and give him the, 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 the ability to do what he has already been doing. 
and that's serving you, Lord. Oh, Father God, we thank you for protecting him and his family. And Lord, many of us standing in this circle might have had some needs, might have went through some other things in our homes, in our finances. But I know, God, just by the simple fact that we're standing here united, those sitting out in the pews or the seats, Lord, heads bowed, united. Those, Lord, that are online watching and, and being lifted up, you, Lord, has given them that. So we don't take it for granted, Lord. Many of us, Lord, we might be suffering with some pains and some heartaches. But it's because of your grace and your love, Lord, that we have the ability, the mobility to get out and move. Not because of anything we've done, but because of who you are. And then, Lord, there are some of us, Lord, who don't even have that mobility. But, Lord, you're still giving us a mind to call upon your precious name. And so we are grateful, Lord, ever grateful, because you are God who reaches and touches us. And so, Lord, we ask a special blessing, Lord, upon all of our families who are going through this period of bereavement. We know that the, no, Lord, we don't give him any, any credit, no credit, because you're still God. Nothing happens without you knowing about it or without you giving the okay. And so, Lord, we just ask that you be with those families, Lord. Be with the Robinson family, Lord. Comfort, Lord, and, 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 and speak to them, Lord. Let them know that all is well with thee. Lord, continue to be with Jan and her family. Even as she travels the highways and the byways, bless her, Lord. Keep her, Father. And let her, Lord, be that beacon of light for her family. Let her, Lord, speak power to the name of Jesus. And let the comfort come as well so that joy will come in the morning. Lord, be with my wife and my family. Lord, it's never easy to lose a loved one. But we have the assurance that if we keep our eyes fixed and stayed upon you and do as you have called us to do that heaven is awaiting and so Lord we look forward to that time when we will all be called up to meet you in the sky oh what a wonderful day that will be Lord we ask a special blessing Lord upon the tabernacle of praise family we know Lord that in this community there's a lot of work that needs to be done and can be done and will be done as long as we depend upon our Lord and our Savior. And so, Lord, we come right now, even before this, the, the message is spoken, that, Lord, your movement will be upon your manservant. Touch Elder Lee in a very special way. Grant unto him, Lord, the words that he needs to use. Lord, give him the persona, Lord, to show forth Jesus. And we ask, Father, that as he speaks, our hearts will be, will be moved. Bless us, Lord. Keep us as if though we never were lost. Mm. And so, Lord, I just thank you for loving us. I thank you for bringing us together. And I ask, Lord, that as we go through the rest of this blessed, wonderful Sabbath day, that our hearts, our minds will be 
on you from whence cometh our help. Continue to be with all of those who are traveling the highways and the byways. Lord, continue to be with our pastor and the first lady. Continue to be with each leader in the church. Lord, continue to be with each servant because that's what we're called to do, serve. Instill in us, Lord, your love that we may love according to your word unconditionally. Fill us, Lord, and deliver us. For we ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let the church, <clears throat> okay, this is not on. Oh, is it on? Okay, it's on now. Let the church say amen. Amen. I want to say welcome to Elvester Welch and Vanessa Welch. That's my sister and brother, our traveling buddies, our friends, our support system, those we love and care about. We thank you so much for coming to be with us. And we are welcoming all the visitors. I just wanted to acknowledge them. And uh, see you at the Super Bowl party tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. You have not seen me because I have been sick. Um, and just every time I get up, they will come back. It was just an up and down, up and down situation. But God is so good, right? He's always taking care of us. So, that's a good thing. So, you know, I have to start with some house cleaning. Part of the a situation I was under is that I was having brain fog. You know, I could, I would think, oh, I got to tell Lee to say this. And then I walked to tell him, and it's like, what was I going to say to him? You know, so that kept happening. So I could not get to Lee to tell you guys that we are doing our uh, backpack Sabbath. Now, remember, we're going to do 600 backpacks. So we are needing you to bring in your supplies. So I will have off the list. We missed a whole month, my goodness. And, you know, the enemy is alive, though, right? It doesn't take God any time to get up those supplies. So we're going to still have a good five months to do it. So we're going to we'll plot the list of what to bring and get started with bringing in those supplies. And each month is something different. And I just want to uh, thank the Lord that we'll be able to do that. And then we still are going to do our um, suicide prevention conference this year. We're going to always do it by the grace of God as long as he says to do it. And this year we're going to focus on trauma, the effects of trauma and suicide, post-traumatic stress disorder, the role it plays in suicide. It sounds very cerebral. sounds like it might be a little difficult and tough. It won't be hard. You know, nothing's going to be hard to understand. So we want to welcome you to look forward to that. And then, of course, we will have our Christmas program. Last year, people were weeping between the altar and the porch, and I have to, you know, really apologize to Ellen and Vanessa. I got a little tied up in 
didn't give them the uh, exact time and stuff. So we're going to do that as well. So we still have our programs going on, and we have the homeless program going on, and that's a really good thing. It's really, really good to be able to serve others. And so when, if you have an opportunity to go out with uh, Paul and Teresa and Karen, uh, if you have the opportunity, please go and support others and let God bless you as you do that. And let's see, and then we have our downstairs program. So the church is growing and growing in terms of programming, but we need the people to support it and to bring those coming in. So those are our housekeeping issues that we need to be concerned about. And so I do want you all to know, I know that we talked about in Sabbath school about wards, right? And I believe it was this week or last week we saw a casualty of war, an African-American female was struck down in war and they sent the body home, right? But she wasn't the only one. And all week we've heard about people who have passed, family members who have passed, friends of family members who have passed. And so we need to get the message out beyond the walls. And I noticed that while I was gone, nobody was getting the message out beyond the walls because I was watching on. I was watching on, um, online. And I didn't see anybody, Lee, putting the word out beyond the wall. So we have to do it today. And so what I need you to do, I do what I do, and then you do what you do. But remember, you're trying to reach a lady across the street, the man down the street a mile away, and you're telling them about God's love. So God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. He is so good. He is yes, worthy to be yeah, Right. Right. If you were sick this year and you got up off your sick bed, you know God is good. He is so good. And so I want to talk to you all about, well, this is, we're celebrating African American History Month, right? You know, they, I think they got Native American, finally, Native American History Month. Is it a monthly or a day? All right. They need a Native American History Year. This is their land. So they need to be celebrating them every day. But we're going to let it go past. I'm coming back with a little attitude due to Sabbath school. It's his fault. But I'm going to let that pass because I have a message from God for you. We're going to think about Simon of Serene. Some of you know Simon. He came from the northern African, uh, the northern coast of Africa, Kwame. So he's in, of African descent. And so he was walking around minding his own business, and he came upon this scene. Now, in truth, you ask me, Simon of Serene is one of the greatest people in the Bible. But from what I could tell, there's only really one verse in the Bible about him, and it tells of this incident. And he's walking around minding his own business, and he comes upon a bunch of noise, you know, People are mocking Jesus. They're, compl they're talking about him, you know, making fun of him. There's people wailing and crying because of him, you know. And he's like, what is going on here? And they laid the cross upon Jesus, and he, he couldn't carry it. You know, he staggered up under it, so, you know, he failed. They picked it up. They laid it back on Jesus again. He staggered. He failed again. And then they picked it up a third time, 
and it was just apparent after they had beat the man all night, he had not had any food, he was not going to be able to carry that cross. But something else was going on in the spiritual world because it had been prophesied that he was going to hang on a tree. And if he did not hang on the tree, if he did not die that way, for example, if he died on the pathway to hang on the tree, or if he died, you know, the night before, then what happens to our salvation, right? What happens if he can't carry this cross? Now the Romans, they're not going to carry it. It's like the equivalent of asking a slave master to carry a cross for a slave. Are you kidding? The Jewish people, they weren't going to carry it because they weren't there to, uh, to celebrate Passover, they weren't going to do it because it will, it will, dam- um, it will, I'm going to say damage, but that's not the right word. But it will cause them to be contaminated because they had to be pure and clean for Passover. So they wasn't going to do it. So we have a problem. Our salvation is hanging in the balances. Who's going to do this? And up walks Simon of Serene. He doesn't belong to either of these sects. And he's looking at what's happening. And they compel him to put the cross on him. But as he walked with Jesus, he found that this was where he preferred to be. No one else in the history of the world, of the universe, can carry that cross ever again. Only one person can do that. And he did it. And I think that as we reflect on the simple act of kindness that he gave. And it has left him, I wonder, it has left his mark in the Bible and in history, eternal history, not just this stuff down here. Eternal history, his name will be known. Will your name be known? That's the question. Will you use your simple talents, something simple, to serve God with? And you may not know the eternal reach of the small act of kindness you do. But believe me, it will not go unnoticed. And it will be written down in the books that you have done this thing. So as we go about our work this week, let's not forget that it may seem like a small thing. It may seem unimportant to you. It may seem like it's not your business because he could have said, that's not not mine. That's y'all problem. That's a you problem. That's not mine. He could have said that. But remember, it doesn't have to be your problem to help solve the problem. We're going to ask the deacons to come forward to pass um, so that they may give you an opportunity to do a simple, simple act of kindness and return to God what he's blessed you with to return to him. Most honorable Father, In the blessed name of Jesus, we cannot thank you enough for your goodness. We're not here of our own selves, but through the power and grace of your might and your power, Lord. So we're asking, Father, that you would bless the um, offerings and tithe and turn it from a secular use into a sacred use, Lord. And let us keep our eyes open for that small act of kindness that will be written down in the book of life for us to show that we have served you purely and sincerely. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Let the church say, amen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let the church say, amen. That's right. Have a good day, everybody.
friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry. What a privilege.
morning, church family. Come on, y'all. Whoa. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Glad to see y'all smiling faces out there. I see some of us are wearing our African attire, our African regalia, and some not. But I can still see your African heritage because it's written all over your face. So you're wearing it 365 days a year, which is when we should also celebrate black history, not just February, but every day of the year is black history. And you might be creating black history. Did you ever think of that? Maybe we'll be reading your name in the history books about something great that you have done. So we want to keep in mind that God is with us wherever we go, and he is still in the miracle-working business. Amen? This morning, we want to celebrate our black history with a black history message out of the Bible. And I know that some of you might be kind of surprised or shocked with what we have. Uh, for black history this month. Uh, this is uh, our scripture reading is Acts 7 to 17, 24 through 26. And let us pray, first of all. Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege and opportunity that you have blessed us with to come and worship you and to sing praises to your name and to hear a word from the Lord, to hear a word out of your holy Bible. We ask and pray that your Holy Spirit will fill each of our hearts and our minds, dear Lord that we may understand your truth, and that we may believe the truth, not because of our thoughts, but because you said it, and you are truth indeed. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Are you happy to be here this morning? Truly, it's a blessing to wake up every day. Any day you wake up on this side of the earth, you're in good shape. Amen. We want to start with our scripture reading. If you have the scripture reading, it's Acts 17. 24 through 26, ask that you would please stand as we read the word of God together. If you have your Bibles, you may look it up also, Acts 17, verse 24 through 26. We'll read responsibly. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. And he is made from one blood. How many bloods? One blood. Every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you so much. I wanted to make sure that you saw where it says one blood. There's only one blood that all of us come from, right? And we all know who our first parents were. Adam and Eve. Every person on this planet came from Adam and Eve. The Black Lives Movement uh, that we know about, the Black Lives uh, Matter Movement, was officially founded in 2013 after the Trayvon Martin killing, and then uh, several other people died. But even though we protested, even though you see news articles about it, police brutality and police murdering people, even though we have court cases, even though we have social media black backlash, black people still are getting murdered by overzealous police and racist groups 
and hate groups of all kinds. Even after all these years from 1619, when the first Africans were brought here, from 1619 up to 1865, and then through Reconstruction and Jim Crow up to 1964, and then the civil rights movements that some of us lived through in the 60s and 70s, and now the year 2024, we're still fighting just to be recognized as valuable, worthy human beings. It's just a trend of fatal police shootings still continues even after all this. And you recognize that black Americans, black people in general, we're only 13% of the whole population, but we're 27% of those fatally killed by the police. It just seems like there's still a lot of people who refuse to acknowledge that black lives do matter. As Michael Harris said, the devaluation and erasure of black culture and expression is just as American as apple pie in America. But we know, of course, all lives matter. Amen? But today we're just talking about black lives in the Bible and in the scriptures. The truth is, black lives had mattered from the beginning of time. When we think about it, Adam and Eve, and the Bible talks about where the Garden of Eden was at, and from just judging by where those rivers go, the Gihon, the Havilah, uh, the, uh, the Assyrian Tigris, they sort of encompassed the uh, Persian Gulf right there. It seems like it could be there, but God has already removed it from this planet, but maybe it was there, maybe not, because with the flood happening, all these rivers might have changed direction or whatever. We're just not sure. But it seems like it would be there at that point. Now, as I mentioned, all of us come from Adam and Eve. When God first took a rib out of, e out of Adam, took a rib from Adam and created Eve, and even there you can think, well, maybe Adam wasn't black because have you ever tried to take a rib from a black man? hard thing to do. But we recognize that Adam and Eve were our first parents, and everyone came from them. Just from the start of those two, it talks about the sons of Noah, the sons of Ham, Cush, Mizram, Put, etc. And then it goes down through the genealogy and comes down to Canaan, and then it lists all these, uh, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvites, Zemarites, Hamathites, and all them other ites, all came from Ham's lineage. All of them came from Ham's lineage. And when we think about it, the Bible says by these families, the whole earth was populated out of one. There are those who think that black people are cursed today because of what Noah said to Canaan. But you think about it, God had already blessed all of Noah's sons in Genesis 9-1. So Noah had no power to, to curse them. Just like Balaam said, God has blessed them and ain't nothing I can do about it. But Noah's curse was prophetic in that it showed the impiety and vileness of Canaan's character or his son Ham would show up in his descendants. The same way that your children take on your characteristics. That was as far as that went. Those evil characteristics continued throughout the, the lineage of Canaan and his prosperity, and they continued to bring down the guilt 
upon them by the judgment of God. The Canaanites were real heathens. They were some terrible people. And I don't know if you've ever been to jail. Anybody been to jail? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> don't raise your hand. But Now, I'm from Leavenworth, Kansas, prison city. And we had eight different detention places in Leavenworth. Prison, jails, detention homes, women's prison, state prison. And I worked at several of them. So I got, and, I, and I mentioned to you guys before, I was uh, taken to jail recently a couple years ago. So as I'm noticing these people in jail, different incarcerated ones, different prisoners, why they were in there and how they were behaving and how they acted, I was thinking to myself, thank God for jails. <laughs> Some of these people, they just can't live in natural society. And this was the type of people that the Canaanites were, murderers, uh, adulterers, fornicators, blasphemers, polygamists, worshipers of false gods. They even made human sacrifices to their gods, and they refused to accept the one true God. But God, in his patience, dealt with the Canaanites for centuries until they finally passed his forbearance. And after the fourth generation, they became servants to the descendants of Shem and Japheth for many generations, but this was not an eternal curse. It was not for the rest of black people's history, and it was even only on Canaan's lineage. So we have to remember, this is not a lifelong curse. I know people want to say black people are cursed by hand. That's why y'all supposed to be servants. That's why slavery is okay. That is not true, not at all. Noah had no power to curse anyone. Noah's three sons and wives then repopulated the earth after the flood. And here's where they migrated to. You can see the red part. That's where Japheth's family moved to. The yellow part is where the Shem's family went to, what we call the Semites, Semitic people. And then Ham, of course, that's us in Africa. So all these people spread out throughout that, the then-known world, and we want to know that everybody wants to know now where did all these different skin colors come from? Yeah, where did this color come from and that color come from? Well, if you know anything about DNA, which none of us probably know a lot unless you're a genealogist, but we know that people are 99.9% .9 genetically the same. <coughs> We're all the same. There is 135 out of 100,000 chromosomes that even relate to skin color. 135 out of 100,000 only relate to skin color. There is not any big difference. It's easier for two dark-skinned people to have a light-skinned child than the other way around. God didn't share with us how all these things happen because the secret things belong to him and our minds couldn't comprehend it anyway. Now I have a question for you. What continent is this? What continent? Y'all act like y'all don't know. <laughs> That's Africa, the motherland. Africa, where we all came from. And the two nations that you read about mostly in the Bible are Israel and Africa. You read about Israel and the Egyptians constantly, right? That's who we read about. And the Greeks and the Romans, 
They don't even show up until the New Testament. They're not even in the Old Testament. The people of Japheth don't show up. It's just the uh, people of Shem and the people of Ham. That's who we read about through the entire Old Testament. And so when people say you're reading a white man's Bible, it's not a white man's Bible. It's not only for white people. It's not only for black people either. It's for all people. Guys, this is God's Bible. It's not white or black or yellow man's Bible. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by God's Holy Spirit. That's why he says, for God so loved the world. It's for everybody. Salvation is for everyone. But our Bible lets us know that black people and black lives matter. And our ancestors from Africa, they were not weak people. They were not downtrodden. They were not discouraged. They were not cowards. They were not punks in any sense of the word. Jeremiah 46, 9 says, Call up the Ethiopians and the Libyans that know how to handle the shield and the Lydians that can handle the bow and arrow. The people of Africa have always been proud, intelligent, beautiful people, and a formidable enemy for any opposing nation. And people like to say, oh, they, they brought slaves over on the slave ship. No, they didn't. They brought African people over, and then they enslaved them. It's a huge difference. Africans invented science, math, astronomy, philosophy, and that's just a few things that they invented. And let me just show you here a few of the famous philosophers. Anybody heard of Plato, Aristotle, Ptolemy, Pythagoras, Hippocrates? Remember the Hippocratic Oath? Some of you medical folks. Plato studied in Egypt for 15 whole years. He was in the Egyptian schools learning everything that he could. Aristotle was there for even longer, 20 years. Aristotle studied in Egypt, and then when Alexander the Great finally conquered Egypt, Aristotle took that opportunity to steal all the library books. Took them back to Greece, where he formed his own academy. All these people studied over in Egypt, and people are still trying to figure out how the Africans were able to create such magnificent inventions with the resources and, and equipment available back then. Some inventions still can't even be developed today, even with our up-to-date technology. Many of the things the Africans created, along with science and math, star charts, beer. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch didn't create beer. Africans created it. Cheese, bowling, breath mints, door locks, eye makeup. And look at the pyramids. Does anybody still understand how they did that? They still can't create a pyramid. And they don't even know what the full use of it is for. All these things were invented by black men and black women, and people still can't comprehend how they did it. Black lives do matter. Now I have a quick question for you. Here's a question. How is it that Moses, a Hebrew, could be taken for Pharaoh's daughter's son, an Egyptian. 
Good question, right? How can Moses, a Hebrew Israelite, be mistaken for Pharaoh's daughter and Egyptian's son? The Egyptians had dark skin and woolly hair. And there is Moses, and nobody knew the difference because he looked just like them. He looked just like them. He was dark-skinned like the Egyptians. Now, Moses' wife, everybody hears about her being black, right? Moses' wife, Zipporah, was a Midianite. And Moses' sister, Miriam, had a problem with her, with Moses marrying her, but it wasn't because she was black. It was because she was not from the tribe of Shem. She wasn't a Semite. She was a Hamite. She was African descent. It wasn't about her color. It was about nationality and lineage. There wasn't any difference between the color of the Israelites and the Hebrews and all those folks in the Medes at that time. Judges 3.5 says the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hivites, Jebusites, and they took their daughters as wives and also their sons as husbands. So they intermingled with them. And you couldn't tell the difference between them by looking at them, so much so that we read in Judges 12, 4, the Gileadites, they were having a problem with the Ephraimites, and they couldn't tell them apart. So they had to come up with a way to decide which group you're from. I can't just look at you and know you're an Ephraimite, because you look like me. So what they did was had them say this word shibboleth with the S-H sound. And for some reason, the Ephraimites had a lisp and couldn't say shibboleth. They would say sibboleth. And if you said sibboleth, you were going to die because they knew you weren't one of their tribe. You were an Ephraimite. And they killed 42,000 Ephraimites just from that little test. Because the Ephraimites couldn't pronounce the S-H sound. Very interesting. No differentiation by color. And it was always about who was your ancestor, which is why the Jewish people were always talking about, we have Abraham as our father, bragging about who their ancestry is. But did you know that two of the 12 tribes of Israel have direct African descent? Direct African lineage, as we look at this slide, it tells us uh, Joseph had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, when he was in Egypt, married to Potiphar, the daughter of Potiphar. He had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And then later on, Jacob said to Joseph, your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, are going to be counted just like my other sons. Jacob the father of the 12 tribes of Israel included Ephraim and Manasseh in those tribes. And they were straight from African descent, two of God's chosen tribes from African descent. Now, remember when God told Moses to take each uh, person out of each of those 12 tribes as a spy? And Moses chose from the tribe of Ephraim, the black tribe, he chose Oshea the son of Nun, and from Manasseh, he chose Gadi, the son of Susai. So who do you think O'Shea, the son of Nun, was? Y'all know that love song. 
Joshua was the son of Nun. There was Joshua. Joshua was one of the 12 spies that went over and spied on the land before they came back. And only Joshua and Caleb had enough faith to believe that God could uh, take that land for them. So only Joshua and Caleb and anyone under the age of 19 at that time was allowed to go into the promised land. So now here we have Joshua and Caleb going into the promised land. And when Moses was about to die, who did he appoint as leader of all the Israelites? Joshua. And he, God, gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage. You will bring the children of Israel to the promised land, which I swear, and I will be with you. Black lives truly matter to God. Joshua then led the Israelites to the promised land through all those wars they had that we were talking about earlier in Sabbath school. A man of color. And as I mentioned, everybody in the Old Testament was of color. Now look at all these. I don't know if you can see it, but here's some of the other uh, people mentioned in the Bible, specifically Nimrod uh, built the Tower of Babel. These are people of color mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Asher, the builder of Nineveh, Nebuchadnezzar, remember that image of gold, e Ebed-Melech, the lineage of uh, Jesus has Canaanites in it, Jesus' disciple Simon the Canaanite, disciple Simon the Canaanite, Simon of Cyrene, Lakita mentioned carried the cross, the apostle Paul, did you ever wonder about Paul? Remember that jailer said, I, don't, I thought you was one of that Egyptian guy that was talking crazy. He thought he was Egyptian. He didn't think he was uh, Greek or Roman. He thought he was an Egyptian. Simeon Niger, one of the prophets and te teachers. And if you look in Acts 2 and 11, it talks about numerous other people from African lands as dis disciples and teachers of the gospel message to all that world. Mark 15 says they compelled Simon the Cyrenian, which is northern Africa, to bear the cross of Christ. And even after that, Simon and his two sons went back home to Africa and spread the gospel message there. All those people were in Jerusalem celebrating the Passover. It talks about Simon, then it talks about Simon's sons carrying the cross of Calvary, led him to later take the cross of Christ, and then to teach others in his homeland. It also shows us Simon carrying the cross of Christ. Some of you recognize that from Oakwood College, the new statue they put up. Once again, recognizing that black lives do matter in God's word. It was during that week of spreading the gospel, the disciples were first called Christians, according to Acts 11, and this gospel has been spread throughout all parts of the known land. Again, another verse about Cyrene and Simon. This is a statue of Constantine the Great, the emperor. He brought up the first Sunday law in 321 A.D. because all the Christians were still celebrating God's holy Sabbath day up until that time, and they wanted to blend those who were worshiping the sun god with those who were keeping Sabbath, 
So he made a law that you had to worship on, on Sunday and not on Sabbath. But the people of God were still keeping God's holy Sabbath even up until that time. Those people were teaching for doctrine the commandments of men, but the Sabbath was still being kept by God's true people. These are just some of, these are Jewish people. These are the Palasha Jews and the Limba Jews who are from northern Africa and the Sudan region area. And as I had mentioned, the country of Israel during the 80s went to Africa and brought back 40,000 of these Jewish people brought back 40,000 of them because they wanted them, as they said, to come home where they belong, right there in Israel. They don't look like the typical Jewish people that you see, do they? Now, here's a big question that we have. <laughs> what about Jesus? Was Jesus black? Was Jesus white? What does the Bible say about Jesus and what he is? It's not a whole lot written about Jesus' appearance in the Bible. Not a lot written about his human form. It just says he has no beauty, he's not handsome looking, nothing special about him, and there's nothing special that we want to go to him because of his outward appearance. He wasn't seven foot tall, 250 pounds. He didn't look like a leading man in any movies. He just looked like a regular Jewish person. Because suppose he looked all different, everybody following him because of his looks. But what set Jesus apart was his character and the words that he spoke. It says when they departed, talking about uh, Mary and Joseph, remember the angel told them, hey, y'all got to go hide in where? Egypt. Go hide in Egypt because Herod's trying to kill Jesus. And they went to Egypt and hid out for four years. Now, how could Jesus have hid out in Egypt, Africa, where all the people are dark-skinned and curly hair? How could he have done that if he looked like that? How's he going to hide in Egypt looking like that? Everybody's going to see him. People be snitching on him. Yeah, I saw him over there on the corner. Everybody would have seen him. How could he have gotten lost from his parents during that three days Passover and nobody knew where he was if he looked like that? How could he have done it? No way he could have done it. His parents wouldn't have lost him. Think about it. We didn't, God did not want us following Jesus because of his looks. If Jesus was here with blonde hair and blue eyes, people be running to the beauty shop, buying Hawaiian silky number six blonde hair piece and blue contact to be like Jesus. That's not what he was here for. He wants us to follow him because of his character, his love for his Father God, and the truth of his salvation. That's why Jesus didn't come with anything special about him other than his character. So we're thinking about, well, what did Jesus look like? He looked like every other Israelite man at the time. He looked like everybody else. Now, again, the scientists and genetics have 
done their work with genealogy and they come up with a composite based on Jewish men at the time of Jesus. And this, they say, is what Jesus probably looked like. Typical Jewish guy at that time, right? Bronze, brown, swarthy skin, olive-colored skin, dark hair, curly hair. That's just, it suggests that Jesus would have had a broad face, wide nose, swarthy, olive-colored skin, much darker than that picture that we all had hanging on our wall next to Martin Luther King and John Kennedy. Whole lot different than that. If Jesus came looking like this, how many people would have unfriended him? How many people in a spiritual manner would have moved to the spiritual suburbs? Because they don't want to be with Jesus. How many people would have voted to take the Holy Bible out of the library because it spoke of Jesus looking like that? Very important. And I know some of you are saying, well, Elder Carroll, I, I, I got Jewish neighbors and they look white. <laughs> I'm sure they do. But you know what? It's been a whole lot of time passed since 329 B.C. when the Greeks took over Israel and 63 B.C. when the Romans came in and took over, according to Daniel 2 and Daniel 7. And then 2,000 more years have passed since Jesus' time. And now there's a whole bunch of different groups of Jewish ethnicity and nationality. So you have the Ashkenazi Jews, German Jews, the ones who lived in Poland, Austria, Germany, Eastern Russia, those Jews up there in Japheth area. And then you had the Sephardic Jews, Spain, Portugal, Northern Africa Jews. You have the Mizrahi Jews who are the ones who typically stayed there in the Middle East. And then as I showed you the picture of the Limba Jews and the Falasha Jews, those who were in Africa, but part of those from the Mideast. The entire world, even now, was repopulated by the descendants of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And as we saw on the map, they went on all different parts of the world. And while the descendants had a time just trying to live peacefully together, they never did come together like they did before the flood or right after the flood. When they left that ark, they left as brothers. They left as brothers. They had been in there 120 days. They had uh, learned to deal with each other, learned to live together, learned to talk to each other and communicate together. They were brothers. But then they spent the next 2,000 years fighting each other, killing each other, enslaving each other. But they finally came back together you know when they finally came back together as a family or as all three tribes' descendants? At the cross. At the cross, all of these three Shem, Ham, and Japheth ancestors were represented at the cross. The descendants of Shem condemned Jesus to the cross. The descendants of Ham carried the cross. And the descendants of Japheth nailed him to the cross all came together to crucify Jesus. 
And it's very ironic that Jesus came to save the whole world, but symbolically the whole world crucified him. You didn't even know that was in your Bible, did you? You need to study. That's what it's for. Study your Bible. Don't just read it like a Harry Potter novel. Study it. Look up the verses. Go to the library. Look in the history books. Read about it. Study the prophecies about Jesus. If what Jesus really mattered or what he looked like really mattered, God would have told us. He would have drew us a picture of what Jesus looked like. If it was important, the disciples would have drew a picture of of him for us. If that's what he wanted us to, to know about him. But I want you to know that black lives do matter to Jesus. And the one thing that we know about Jesus, Jesus is love. That's what he wants us to know about him. He came to show us his father's characteristics. He came to show us what true love is all about. He came to offer us salvation. Jesus is love, right? Can anybody tell me what color love is? All different colors, isn't it? Love is all different colors. It doesn't matter what he looked like. He became sin for us. Who, who, he who knew no sin became sin for us. So if Jesus came back and he's green with purple polka dots, would you still accept eternal life? Would you still accept him as your Lord and Savior? Would you still follow him? Of course we would. One thing that we have to remember, church family, it's not what Jesus looked like but what he wants us to do for him. He's given his life for us, and he only asks us to do a couple things, right? He wants us to preach the gospel in all the world to a witness, and then the end shall come. He wants us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's what our charge is. But he doesn't want us to feel left out. So I want to make sure that you see that black lives do matter to God. Many people nowadays still have a problem with black people, still have a problem recognizing that black lives do matter, still want to believe that we're only three-fifths of a human being. But that's not what God says in his word. He says black lives matter all throughout scripture. Don't believe it because I said it. Read it for yourself. See what it says. Do some research. Don't just take other people's word for it. And doesn't it seem strange to you how it's so easy for us to think negative of ourselves than to think positive of ourselves? So many people believe that curse of Noah was true. So many people's lives have been destroyed believing the negative talk about black people. So what's stopping you from believing the positive talk? What prevents you from believing that your life does matter? What prevents you from believing that God wants you to do something special? What stops you from believing that you can't make black history? Every one of us is blessed by God. Every one of us has talent, skills, ability to be used to spread this gospel throughout all the world. That's what God's calling us to do. Don't let the way people look stop you from reaching out to them in the name of Jesus. 
They might not be the same color as you. They might not be the same shade as you, but they too are a child of the king. Everybody comes from Adam and Eve, right? We're all brothers and sisters. We need to come together as brothers and sisters to spread this gospel message to all the world in this generation. Would you say amen? amen. Truly, God is calling you right now. He's inviting you to accept salvation in him and in him alone. There is no other way that we can be saved except through accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And if you have not done so at this time, I invite you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior by just raising your hand and say, Jesus, I love you. I want to be in the kingdom with you. God has promised he hears every prayer. Not a sparrow falls from the tree that God doesn't know about it. So he hears you at home. He hears you at night when you're crying. He hears you when you're complaining about something in your life. He hears your thoughts and your dreams. He knows everything about you because your life matters to God. Dear Father, we thank you so much for being with us. We thank you for blessing us, dear Lord, helping us to know that our lives matter to you, that we are not devalued, that we are not sorry, that we are not lazy and shiftless, but that we are conquerors through Christ who loves us. Bless us, dear Father, as we continue to keep your holy Sabbath day, as we continue to worship and praise your name. We thank you so much for blessing us to be here to, to see you through your word, dear Lord. Be with us as we go our separate ways, but never leave us alone, dear Lord. Save us when you return. These things we ask in your blessed son's name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give Elder Carol a big amen for that beautiful history lesson. The oldest history book in the world is the Bible. Black lives truly matter. Amen. I don't care what they say. Amen. As they said in the 60s, after hearing this message, I'm black and I'm proud. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We just want to just remind you next week and for the rest of the month if you're able, but next week... We want to make sure that you dress in your African attire as the carols and the Adam tutus are in the back. Demonstrate. So next week, don't come in looking like this, okay? If you can, if you're able. Amen. Amen. At this time, uh, let us stand for our benediction. Father, truly, God, we have been blessed today, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord, for this history of black people. Lord, we're so thankful that you died for the world, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Father, that we will continue, Lord, to represent you, Lord. Bless us, Lord, and keep us by your keeping power. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 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 You may be seated as the deacons will usher you out.
Lord.